And I want to tell you that it, it's been on my heart for a few weeks, the story. It's, it's been on my, my heart personally, the story about Moses and what happened near the end of his life. And that was after everything, the plagues, parting of the Red Sea, all of those things, Moses made a mistake. I just refer to it as, personally I refer to it as the Moses mistake. And here lately in my life I have I've done a tremendous amount of, of uh, soul searching and, and I've been thinking about that because Moses was a man that God used in a lot of ways. He was also a man that heard directly from God. But as close as his relationship was with the Lord, he never received, because it's not possible, permission from God to, to get comfortable with his relationship in a way that he could ignore things that God said and things that God required. And he made a huge mistake. And I'll tell you that this is very, very dear to my heart, this, this story, because I can see if I am not careful, this, things like this, either has happened to me or could happen to me. And I want you to look in Numbers chapter 20. It's also the account is in Deuteronomy 32, I believe. But, but I want to read beginning with chapter 20. Then the children of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh. And Miriam, which is Moses and Aaron's sister, died there and was buried there. Now, there was no water for the congregation. So they gathered together against Moses and Aaron. And the people contended with Moses and spoke, saying, If only we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought up the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness? And we and our animals should die here. And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? Is it not a place of grain or figs or vines or pomegranates? Nor is there any water to drink. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and they fell on their faces and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. So far, they are going right by the book and what they should do. There was a problem they went to church, that's worth noting, and they prayed. And God showed himself to them. Then, verse 7 says, 
the Lord spoke to Moses saying, you got to listen, folks. Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together. Speak. Everybody say speak. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, here we go. This is where it goes south, and it goes south quick. He gathered the people, and this is what he said. Here now, you rebels, must we, speaking of himself and Aaron, must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Before I read verse 12, I think I'm going to go ahead and grab me a stick. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, and this is God's response to what just took place. Because you did not believe me. God talking directly to both of them. Because you did not believe. He used the word believe. You did not believe me to hallow or respect me. Or King James says to sanctify me. Because you did not reverence me. In front of the people, therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. And God, just anoint me to only say what's supposed to be said and us to hear what's supposed to be deposited into our lives right now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to read verse 12 to you again, but I want to read it to you through a different translation so God said to Moses and Aaron because you didn't trust me didn't treat me with holy reverence in front of the people of Israel you two aren't going to lead this company into the land that I am giving them and I want to just stay right there the rest of the morning the reason I am so moved and convicted by this is because I feel this happening in my life and I definitely seeing, see it play out all over the church world in general. You see, God refers to us as his sons and his daughters. He even says you can boldly approach my throne. He even goes on to say, you, you can personally make your request or you can make your petitions made known. You can ask 
anything according to my will, and I'll do it. All of this stuff the Lord says. But never in Scripture anywhere does God say, okay, man, we've been hanging together a long time. We're best buds. You have a position in the church, or you're very talented, or you know a lot about my word, and you've kind of been doing this thing a long time, so you can kind of not worry about certain things. The Lord never, ever, ever says or gives anybody permission to no longer respect him or to honor him or to do what he says. And we live in such a day, as I've already prayed, perilous times. We, we live in such hard times on different levels that we begin to give too much permission to our flesh. And we get and we are at a place where we excuse a lot of things. And we think because this is happening in the world or because this person says or does this, it gives me a biblical right. Now, we don't use those words. But it gives us a biblical right to ignore certain things in the Bible because this has happened or, or this is going on right now. And, and certainly, God understands because I'm a Christian. And folks, what bothers me so much in my own life. You see, Moses knew about the promised land. He knew about the land flowing with milk and honey. He knew that God had promised it not just to him, but that was a promise made way back to Abraham. Mo Moses knew all of this, you see, and, and he thought, he must have thought, well, I've seen God do all kind of things. I've seen God use me in a mighty way with this stick. I've seen him speak to these children through me and my brother. And because they are not doing what we said, and it's not what they said, but it's what God says. You see, can I just say this for a minute? When, when preachers preach out of the Bible, and, and they're really preaching, and they're not just like giving you opinions and all this Hypothetical. When, when they're preaching the word of God, that's their charge. That's their mandate. That's what God's called them to do. That's what God expects them to do. And that's what God is going to judge them whether they did that or not. It's not up to a pastor, or a, an evangelist, or a preacher, or a teacher to, to see if the people do what they're supposed to do or if the people actually comply. No, all you are, and I use somebody else's example, all you are, all I am is a mailman. And the problem with that is we know that God says this and we say God says this and God said that and we take it personal and we get frustrated when people do not something even close to that but the complete opposite of that. A lot of times we take it personal, I'm telling you from experience, and we have a rebel calling attitude and it's not your word, man. It's not your Bible. It's not your message. And so we think we have a right because we are God's spokesperson that 
that we can now take things in our own hands and we can never do that. I'm preaching to me today. Y'all just get to hear this. We can't do that because I'm telling you what. People will frustrate you to death. People will suck the life out of you. People will cause their own problems because they won't live according to the Word of God and then they will want you to pray them out of their problems that you tried to warn them out of God's Word. And if you don't think that will frustrate you, you need to preach and you need to pastor for about a month and if you're not committed up to Raleigh somewhere on the third floor in your pajamas, I'm telling you, you will die of stress because that's the typical life in the week of any pastor that I know worth his or her salt. And I'm telling you, folks, you'll take it personal. And the problem on top of the problem is there's a promised land that God might have for me that I can partake in. There might be a whole new level of ministry. There might be a patch of or a batch of miracles that God wants me to be able to see and be a part of. But because I get weak and I get in my flesh and I take things personal, I sell out and I slap the rock and I, get, I forfeit everything. I'm going to heaven now, but I just don't get to finish strong like God had intended for me to finish strong. We don't know because I say it all the time. I reap what I sow. I tell you this almost weekly. You reap what you sow and you will not reap what you don't sow. And the problem that many, many people have because you're not a, a, a preacher is that this right here represents a lot. We think that we can take matters into our own hands. You can't. Mr. or Mrs. Christian, you cannot take matters in your own hands. God said, you've already said it audibly out loud. God said to what to the rock? Speak, thank you. God said, speak to the rock. And because if you read the account in Deuteronomy 32, you'll read Moses had just delivered and Aaron a, a, a message that God had said. Uh, he just read iterated his love, but he also reiterated some, some shortfalls in their life and all these other things. And, and by then, Moses was stoked because he knew how rebellious and hard-headed the people were. And, and he let that, and I think this is probably what not only grieved God, but this, this just angered God on top of his grief, is when he allowed their influence, their negligence, the people that did not do, he allowed that to have more control and more power in the life of Moses and Aaron than what God said. And see, folks, we do that all the time. We let the world yell all kinds of things to us, and we let them say all kinds of things. We'll justify it, but they'll say all kinds. They'll speak all manner of evil against you for his name's sake. He said that, and, and what we do, we will just... We'll invest all of our emotions into that. 
We'll get all worked up about that and we'll completely ignore what God says. God said, well, you go on and you do what they say to do. You go on and you get all worked up because of what they're doing or what the world is saying and you just completely ignore speaking to the rock. You take matters into your own hand, but it ain't going to look good in the end. You're not going to get what you think you're going to get out of this deal. You go right ahead and there really will be a bad, bad ending. And I pre preached this two weeks ago. I'm sure I said this, but I, I'm saying it today because, folks, we got to understand. I understand 100,000%. You don't have to obey the Word of God. You have that option. God's not twisting your arm. The Holy Ghost is not pinching you on the back of the neck to see if you're going to live right or you're going to make right decisions. God realizes that at any time you want to because he gives us all free, you can pick that rod up and you can do what you want to do. But it, it might feel good for just a split second because your flesh feels like it's been vindicated and your flesh feels like it's satisfied for the moment. But no, sir you'll still stand before a holy God and you will still have to look at what God has setting waiting for you. You won't get to go to it, another preacher, another family member, another church member, another church congregation might, but you'll have to just sit and watch it from a distance because you chose to take the rod for just a minute instead of doing what God says. And I'm talking to a lot of people here and not here that's probably in Africa or wherever people watch from. We got people all over the world you see that will watch this at some point in time and I want people to know this that you cannot neglect to do what God says to do you're going to have to go against the way your flesh feels the hardest thing that I am fighting right now and it's not with lust or greed or money or anything else I am spending a lot of my prayer life bringing my flesh into subjection. I'm telling you, I have not arrived. I realize how vulnerable I am. I realize that without the Holy Ghost in me, working through me, living through me, that I'm a weak, frail man, you see. I'm weak. And I let things, I let people, I let all kinds of situations, I let it get to me. I... I let the frustrations of what it seems like other pastors just are ignoring or don't care or, or, or they're scared. I, I, I let all these things, and this is why I'm almost at a point where I don't want to hear nobody but God. I don't want to hear what nobody's got to say but God. I, don't, I, I mean, there's good people. There's great preachers. I'm not saying that I'm the only one right. I'm not. There's some godly men. His pastor's a godly man that, that I, I love him like I love my daddy. But I want to tell you this. That's why I think we're living out the scripture now more than we ever have. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way because I am seeing and hearing and it's much to my discouragement that there are fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer in people that's really interested in a narrow way because it's uncomfortable, you see. It, when it's a narrow way, you have to take your body 
and you have to move your body certain ways to squeeze through some narrow ways. Sometimes you have to do what Beckham had to do the other week when the alarm went off. You, you got to just feel like you got to crawl on the floor. You, you got to do whatever because it's a narrow way, you see. It ain't wide, it's narrow, the Bible says. You got to watch out for the wide way that everybody else is going on right now. The wide way's got a bad, bad ending, by the way. And I want to tell you something, folks. We're living in a day where you, you have to fall in love. You don't even have to listen to me for God's sake. Listen, you need to know the voice of the Lord. You need to know what the Bible says for yourself, honey. You need to understand that God will speak to you. And you've got to do what God says when he does speak because, look, there are people just like me that you can catch me on a weekday when I'm not pumped up preaching, when I'm just walking around, feel like I just need to go somewhere and never come back. So that's why you need to know the voice of the Lord. You need to walk in the word of the Lord. This needs to be your foundation and your foothold. This blessed book right here. Sometimes when you are walking and you are living and you are thinking that, well, I just think it's just, uh, you know, I run into this all the time. People, people think that we are, we're just living in a season and things are going to, and I'm not getting into virus, vaccine, all this mess. I'm not getting into that. I'm talking about where we are as a world right now. People, people, and, and again, folks, I, I'm, I'm as discouraged with preachers as I am anybody. It, it, it seems to me that nobody wants to associate anything going on in the world. People will preach on revelations, they'll do teachings, they'll do all kind of things. But it's like people are so naive that anything that's happening in our world right now has nothing, absolutely nothing at all to do with the Bible. And I bring this to your attention all the time, but I cannot get away from the Christmas story. Because when Jesus came as a baby in the manger, it was all of the upper echelon of the religious community that said that's no way in the world, that's not the Messiah, that's not him, this is not the day, this is not the time. And so instead of embracing what God was doing, they rejected and tried to shut down what God was doing. And I see so much of that happening in the church world today because if you don't see what's going on in the world, really, then you can't preach and you can't warn people about what's going on in the world. Listen, you're not going back to 2015. You're not going back to 2018 or even 19. You're not going to do it. It doesn't exist. It's never going to be that way ever again. And I don't care if you want to sit and see if Opie's right. I'm not speaking on my own authority. I'm telling you, you are being played if you think things will ever go back to what you call normal. We are on a prophecy train and the Bible always has been and will be fulfilled whether people believe it or not 
uh, people accept it or not. You can't slow prophecy down and you can't speed it up. It's what God said it will do and it's what God said it will be and you don't have to accept that. You don't have to. But I'm telling you, it doesn't change a thing. The Lord is soon to call His bride away but many people are asleep Many people are under false impressions so they can't do what they were called to do because they don't know and other people can't know. And a lot of people are not going to finish strong in this life before you go to that life because, because people are too comfortable with God. I don't have to preach right now about that. I just need to dodge that. I need to stay away from that. I just need to keep people pumped up and encouraged. See, you got all that going on. People don't need to be pumped up and encouraged right now. People need to be warned. Let me tell you something. I got to put that down. Let me tell you something. If your house was on fire, all right, if everybody in here, your house was on fire, and I live beside you, would you want me to come up to your house and you outside Hey, man, look, just be positive. It, 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 at least you didn't lose your life or nothing like that. Or would you want me to go get that big old 900-foot hose pipe I got? And where I come from, it's a hose pipe. It might be a garden hose to you, but country rednecks, it's a hose pipe, okay? And you go get your 900-foot hose pipe, and you want me to start working on your baby's bedroom or, or where you got all your good stuff stored. You want me to... Shut my mouth with all that nonsense and you want me to try to do some good. You are living and houses everywhere are on fire. But preachers can't see that. So they're, they're doing what everybody else is doing. And I'm here to tell you today, folks, listen, your house is on fire. I want you to know that. But it's God's will to complete what he started in your life. So don't take matters in your own hands and you will see your ending better than your beginning. But you've got to stay true to what God says let God be true and every man a liar that's what you got to do that's what you have to do but you know what that's what the preacher has to do that's what I've got to do I can't get frustrated I've said it many times I said I'm so tired I'm not tired of preaching. I'm just tired of pastoring. And I'll get people that'll make smart comments about that. But I'm telling you in a very positive way, I don't care anymore what people think. I don't care. I don't care. I'm telling you, if I can't walk behind this pulpit and I can't be transparent and I can't be honest with you, I, then I don't have any business walking in the building, let alone behind the pulpit, because this is not the time to play games with people, folks. Too many people aren't taking the pandemic serious and all of the things attached to it serious. Well, I'm taking it serious because I've got to answer up for the people that God's entrusted me with and I want to hear those two words I brought up last week kind of nonchalant. Well done. I'm still working on the well done and I can't hear well done if I don't well do. So I'm well doing today telling you don't take matters into your own hands. Do what God says even when it hurts even when your flesh is fed up 
and you're tired of stuff. You're tired of projects. You're tired of people. You're tired of whining. You don't even like praise reports anymore. I'm telling you, I'm being straight with you this morning. You're just tired, tired, tired. You just want Jesus to come back. You want Jesus or to call you home because there's nothing in this life that I want. I don't want to buy anything. I don't want to go anywhere. I want to see the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So I'm bored with the world right now. I knew I just threw a huge wrench in a lot of change. This world's not my home, though, you see. The world's not my home. There, there's nothing shiny for me, you see. There's nothing, and God knows I mean this. I don't, you know what? We used to like to go to the mountains, kind of like this time of year, getting close to when my birthday is, and I, we, we'd like doing that and all that. Things are so jacked up now. I, I just want to go at the house. Anybody just, I just want to go at the house. My house looks pretty good right now. My house is great. My house is wonderful. I love my yard. I love all my neighbor's dogs that kind of look out for us. I do. I don't want to go nowhere. I might, you know, ride somewhere, but I, I, I'm telling you, I've got to be so careful because I know that at any moment, I just said this to, maybe it was my wife, a week or two ago. I said, I don't feel like I'm going to be here a lot longer. I said, that's why, well, now I've got two grandbabies. I said, that's why I spend all the time I can. I said, I want them to remember me. I told y'all, but see, I, I forget now. I said, I just want them to remember me. I said, because I'm just, I'm tired. I'd like to see my mama right now. I can go, go, I can go through the sanctuary. I about literally get jealous of everybody that's died right now. I get so jealous. Lord, have mercy. Last Saturday, I had to do Lloyd Henson that was a blessing to this church all through LOL. He, he was a godsend when, when we needed that. I had to um, preach his, his, his funeral and his graveside service. And um, I could not get over the fact that Lloyd is already home. Lloyd beat me there. Lloyd beat, see, and I know when I say this right here, I know this is not, this is not across the board kosher. I get that because you can't imagine not being here. And I know about that part of that. But I want everybody to understand, there's going to be a day when you're not going to be here. You're not. You can take vitamins. You can run from here to Waxhaw, North Carolina, and look at the jars, planes, and run back and be in that kind of shape. A lot of you, I, I, I just lost a lot of people when I said that. That, that. That's a mission thing. That's a mission place that flies planes. Anyway, forget all that. You can run a long way and run back. 
But you've got a day, you've got an appointment, you've got a time. And what you've got to, to know is that you don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking I'm going home today to get in that chair. And just make myself known with my eyes closed. But I might not get out of the parking lot. You think you're going home. You think you're going to get up and go to work tomorrow, go to school tomorrow. or Everybody thinks that. But somebody's being told something similar to this right now, and, and, and it's not going to be here. They're not going to be at a church somewhere. Life's going to be over with, folks. And so trying to really finish as much as I can finish, I want you to know that as we get nearer home, and I mean heavenly home for the believer, don't make the Moses mistake and think that it's okay not to do this or I don't have to do that. Don't get too comfortable and say, well, God understands. I, I, I mean, I'm made out of flesh. He'll forgive me. Don't you take that attitude. It might cost you the highlight of your life by taking matters into your own hands. Well, but you don't know, Opie, how bad it was. I'll, I'll just use the relationship. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they did to me. The Bible says, listen, that the Lord himself says, vengeance is mine. And then he goes on to say, I will repay. Your flesh will hook you up if you're not careful. And I've been flirting so many times, I feel like, over the past several weeks and all that because I allow what happens in my fleshly life to have more bearing on me than what has already happened in my spiritual life, which what I know what God said in His Word. And God's frustrated with that when that takes place because I'm not giving reverence to Him and I don't believe Him. I want you to stand up if you will. And I know for a fact that all of us in the room can say that I want to go to heaven. I know everybody everywhere. I, I want to go to heaven. But before you go to heaven, do you want to finish strong? Do you want to finish well? Folks, I just don't want to die. You hear me? I don't mean die dead. I just don't want to die. I, I, I want to, when my time is up, I want there to be an exclamation mark behind my death day. I want to make such an impact, and I don't even want people to know my name really, but I want to do something so great for God that man, the Lord says, here he comes. I'm preaching again, but, but I, I don't want to miss the last thing that God has set up for me in my life. The, the big thing, the thing that God hadn't revealed to me yet maybe. I don't want that to be taken because I take matters into my own hands because I'm comfortable with God. You can lay with God. 
You can talk to God. You can cry on His shoulder. But you can never, ever get too comfortable with Him. Every head bowed and every eye closed. And anybody that's not a believer, listen, it's not God's will for you to die in your sin. I know a lot of people here are Christians, but you need to bear with me and you need to pray or pray for unbelievers right now. Friend, I made this reference earlier. And online I'm talking to you. Your house really is on fire. The house of your soul. It's not just simmering. It's blazing right now. Because at any time the trumpet could sound. Or your heart could quit beating. And it's not the will of God that your heart quit beating while there is sin still plaguing your life. And Jesus Christ, without any hesitation, left heaven, came to earth as a baby, and was nailed on a cross so that you could... He, he came out of the grave, praise the Lord, but he was brutally crucified so that sin could be blotted out and your name could be recorded in heaven. And all you have to do all you have to do, if you're here, I'd love for you to come down right now. But if you're online, all you have to do is say, Father in heaven, forgive me of my sins. Father, would you forgive me? Would you just wash me? I don't want to leave this life with sin plaguing me. I don't want to die in my sin. I believe you died and you rose again and that you will adopt me into your family. Jesus, I will turn from my ways. This is an important part. And I will embrace you and your word and your will and your ways for the rest of my life. If you'll pray that prayer, if you'll pray that from your heart, God not only will save you, He'll give you the rights and privileges of every other believer that's ever called on him in prayer. Father God, I stand in this place with my brothers and sisters. And we know that we have an appointed time. We know that we live in dangerous, perilous times. But Father, we are fighting what you told us through the Apostle Paul. We are fighting the good fight of faith right now. And we forget it or we live in a way that doesn't resemble that, Lord, and we need help. We need conviction, Lord. We need Holy Ghost conviction. We need to know, Lord, when we are in the process of ignoring you, your statutes, and we're grabbing that rod out of either desire or frustration, and we're taking matters in our own hands. So, Lord, we need help today. Show us, show us your ways, Lord, like we sing the song, that we may walk with you. 
The cry of my heart, Lord, is to love you more. God, I want you to show me your way. I see where my ways is getting me. I see, God, the, the thoughts that go across my mind, Lord, when I am not focusing on your word throughout the day, Lord. I'll just entertain any old thought, regardless of what it does to me and how it drains me and pulls me down, God. So help me to think on things above. Help me to know, Lord, that you are expecting me to fulfill everything you have laid before me, and it's your desire for it to be fulfilled in my life. And God, you're also expecting me to abide by your word and do everything exactly the way. Help me, Lord, to never strike again when you told me to speak. Help me, God. I'm weak. I'm weak, and I need your help. And I just want to ask every person here, I want you to be so honest with yourself right now. I, I want you to keep your eyes closed, but I want you to, I want you to be, I want you to be as transparent as I've tried to be today. And, and I need all the people that believe that our God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals, I need you to pray with me for Roxy right now. Any of you that are fellow sinus sufferers so much that it gets into your ear and bothers you, and look, I'm going to say this before I pray because I'm not going to let the devil sit here and keep your mind full of trash. People are still having heart attacks. People are still having dislocated hips. Everything ain't COVID, folks. So, at some point, you've got to start thinking like a human being again instead of a programmed robot. People still have broke bones. People still have eye trouble. People still have arthritis. Does anybody hear me right now? I, I, I know. Oh, that's uncomfortable. Yeah, it is uncomfortable. And it's super uncomfortable knowing that people that are children of the light don't walk that way anymore. I'm telling you, everything ain't COVID. And we're praying about a sinus problem right now. So if, if, if you can pray after that, that need, I want you to pray. If you can't and you're already preoccupied, I just want you to be reverent, okay? Father God, in the name of Jesus, as we anoint Roxy, and we bind together. We call on Alpha Omega. You are the beginning. You are the end. But Father, you, Abba Father, you are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. And it's by your stripes, Lord. It's by your stripes that we have healing today. Your word assures us of that. And it comforts us with that, Lord. And I pray that all manner of sickness... All manner of sickness, Lord, would be gone in Roxy's body right now, Lord. And she would walk back down the aisle pain-free, Lord. Lord, that she would be able to breathe freely, Lord. God, that she would get relief that only comes from the nail-scarred hand of Jesus. Lord, we know, hallelujah, 
that God, you are stronger than any affliction we'll ever face in this life. And so we pray, Lord, let it be done right now. Let it accompany the preaching of your word, Lord. Hallelujah. That you may be glorified right now, Father. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory to God. And any other person here or online that you are suffering from allergy, ragweed's bad, by, by the way, right now. I'm sure you didn't hear that on the news, but there's uh, allergy still hanging around, ragweed. If you're a sinus victim, you know about these things. But if you are suffering in your body from cold-like, sinus-like, any type of allergy problem, would you just close your eyes and raise your hands? I'm going to pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that people will leave this building healed and they won't be preoccupied with their pressure or their pain or their congestion or itching of the eyes in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, we can cry out to you because we have an advocate. Hallelujah, Lord. And God, we just praise you ahead of time. Hallelujah. We praise you ahead of time because you do all things well. Glory to your name. Yes, you are worthy of all my praise, God. Jehovah Nisi, you are my banner, Lord. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're the Lord that sanctifies. You're the you're Lord God Almighty. You're the everlasting God. Hallelujah. You're the Prince of Peace. You're the bright and morning star. Hallelujah. You're the lily of the valley. You are my door. You are my shepherd. You are my healer. You are my counselor. You are my bishop of my soul. You are my strong tower. Hallelujah. You are my way maker. And I bless you right now in this place. Yes, I do, Lord. I bless you, I bless you, I bless you, I bless you. And Father, I pray this whole week, I pray it in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, evermore that you would let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, that they would be acceptable, not rejectable. Lord, not discouraging to you, Lord, but let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, let them be acceptable, approvable in your sight, Lord, because you are our strength and our redeemer and the people of the Lord God said, 